All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels uh, talking to you again after a great, great start of the golf season and some good fights as well as gearing up for some spring playoff sports. Josh Wynn calling in from Dallas. Josh, I know you're my resident golf guy. Masters were uh, your time to shine and we had a lot to discuss. I'm thankful that we got done on Sunday and we crowned a new champion, a deserving champion of that in John Rahm, but thank you for joining the show. No, as always, Mitch, thanks for having me on and uh, always great to talk sports with you. And yes, it was uh, not down to the wire epic finish. That would have been great battle between Brooks and, and John, but I think Brooks just ran out of steam on a tough, tough golf course. And yeah. uh, it, it's certainly a deserving champion to don that the green jacket. And um, I can pretty much assure you he's going to win multiple of these. And, um, it, it was, it was the, the most deserving champion one. He's been playing the best yeah. for the last few months. I and mean, you can toss a coin in the air between him and Rory and Scotty, but, but he came in, he, he had a goal and he, he certainly played well down the stretch. Even that last hole, he could have, he had plenty of strokes, but to get up and down on that, that's what champions do. So it was pretty yeah. cool to see. Yeah. He played 30 holes of golf that last day, which is just a huge yeah. number, especially <laughs> with the pressure there. Um, and now there's a lot of different starting points for this. And I just want to kind of tee you up and let you go off here. But I, I definitely do think that it was as deserving a champion as there's been. He had been, like you said, in that three, in that trio with Rory and Scotty Scheffler in terms of most consistent, I would argue he was the most consistent. If you date back to the last year, plus in terms of big yep. events, he's been just money. And how about the fact, Josh, too, that he started the the, the tournament with a disaster <laughs> hole with a four putt, and that four just shows you how strong you have to be mentally to just match us physically in his case. But to bounce back from that, get to seven under through through the day, and just not let that spider web out like we see in golf, it was just remarkable stuff from a guy who's still in his twenties now has two majors. I mean, the the Hall of Fame resume is building, and this doesn't seem like it's going to slow down anytime soon. No doubt, and, and you're right. He he, he kind of has turned the page, so to speak, in, with you know, his notorious red ass back in the day, and would let that double bogey affect the rest of his tournament. But knowing that he had 71 holes remaining, and he was just going to grind away, he he really uh, proved that, like you said, he was the most deserving champion. And um, it would have been quite the story if Brooks could have done it, but. Um, but 30 holes yeah. in that grind in those conditions mm-hmm. um, with that much concentration needed on every single shot because you can see how quickly you can get away from, from yeah. the best players in the world and, and how difficult it actually is out there. So very, very cool to see. Yeah, props to John Rahm. Uh, you know, definitely felt like he needed a Masters in terms of just a, he deserved one in terms of where his place in the game was. So glad to see he earned that one, got the first green jacket and the nice prize money to boot. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, and it's, and, and it's sorry, it's, yeah, yeah. but it's just a, a continuation of the Spanish legacy and domination there. And yeah. that scene at the, at the um, back end uh, after he had the moment with his wife and children, but with Jose Maria Otabo was was pretty awesome there. And you could tell how much it meant to you as the, on the 30th anniversary of Sevi and oh, on yeah. Sevi's birthday and all those um, historical uh, connections there. So, um, like I said, I. I can almost guarantee you he's going to win another one of these. And um, it's pretty awesome to see the the leaderboard there at the end. Mm-hmm. It, it Past champions are right up there and, and young guys that are going to contend for the next, hopefully, 10, 15 years out there. And yeah. uh, maybe someday, I know we'll get to the, the Northern Irishman, but maybe someday he can knock off that, that uh, 
the one the last one he needs for the grand slam but he can't go in there with putting all the pressure on himself he's just got to go in there relaxed and realize that you know it's just golf and it's just another tournament but mm-hmm. I, I think he gets in his own head and it's yeah. hard to say that's one of the best golfers in the world but I think that happens sometimes um, where he doesn't come in relaxed and ready to go he might be saying the right things but Clearly, but we were texting back and forth on Thursday and Friday. It was like, wow, um, especially uh, letting things get away from him like that. But yeah, I was thinking that year, the year, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but the year that he went in the final round with the lead and shot an eighty, I feel like that's some scar yeah. tissue that just hasn't gone away. So for Rory's sake, 100%. I think it's going to be tough. And it was pretty cool if you're a Arizona State Sun Devil. I know he finished third, but you had a while where it was one, two, you know, Rom and then Phil Mickelson, so two Sun Devils yeah. at the top of the board there. Uh, we can kind of segue into the players that didn't win. You mentioned Brooks Kepka did not finish well at 73-75, but still finished in that tie for second place with Phil. And uh, th- there's two sides to this, right? Like, well, I guess there's three if we get to the bigger thing. But there's the Brooks Kepka that didn't win, did not win the Masters, and kind of faded down the stretch. But on the other hand, if you look at it from the positive side, Josh, he came in with a little momentum. I know he won the Live Tournament, but the last year plus it had been, where is, what's wrong with Brooks? What's wrong with his swing? Yep. The confidence wasn't there. So I get when you're that close, the, the bitter taste, especially when you haven't won one. But on the other hand, when this kind of settles, I'd like to think he's going to take some positives away that he's back in the mix and being a major player, no pun intended. I, I think it's a whole positive um, right there at the end for the entire tour, Live Tour. Um, you know, having three players in the top five, and I know it's Augusta, and I know there are two of those are, are past champions and a four-time major champion in, in Brooks, but, you know, I, I think it's a positive thing for global golf. I don't want to get into this because we could spend two hours on it, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, for them to come in there and to play well, and especially what Patrick and, and Phil did on the last day, you know, that kind of put to bed the 54-hole the thing, oh, they run out and it was kind of the easiest thing, the easiest joke in the world that Brooks was going to fade after 54 holes because yeah. that's the, the, the live tournament only three days. I just days. want to also so, say, too, like most of us would take more money to work less. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> everybody would. That's a breaking idea, yeah. It, absolutely not. And, and that's one of those things that it brings up uh, another point this week. With This is a, one of those events that are – elevated on the PGA tour and you have to show up to all but one of them every year. Well, this is the second one Rory's missed. Mm -hmm. So how does that bode well for the PGA tour there? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. your, your, the face of your tour is skipping out on these things that are guaranteed events that you have to participate in. So is that a fine situation? Is that, is he, well, they're going to take some tip. Well, what they're they're projecting is they're going to take tip money away from him at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. which is nothing. I mean, give me a break. I I mean, He should he should absolutely be forced to go. He already missed the tournament in in Hawaii at the beginning of the year. The tournament, yeah, but yeah, and and I agree with you. I think Brooks just to get back to him for a second. I think it's a positive. I think he found his his swing and you know did lose some steam. That course was brutal, which makes what Phil and Jordan Spieth did we were talking about before. I mean, going sixty five for Phil and then sixty six for Spieth. I mean, just remarkable stuff. Incredible. And that's what, going back to Brooks, and like you said, he has turned a page. And I think that page was turned with, you know, episode two of the the Netflix series. You know, he kind of got it all out there. Maybe won back some fans, maybe lost some fans. But, you know, I I, I think he kind of, that was his, okay, I'm going to let this out there and kind of be more personable, even though that was filmed a year ago. Like, it's still, like, it was released. And I I, I think that kind of was a good point for him. And, 
and he is finally healthy and done, man. He can golf his ball. So, yeah. so I'd be scared if I was speaking into the rest of the majors this year in him contending on every single one of them. And I know he's going to build up to that and be, be prepared because yeah. um, we're going to start ticking him off here the next three months. And it's going to be fun to watch this, you know, this competition between the two tours, right. even though they're some of the best golfers in the world. Like, did you see the, the golf rankings, like how they shot up this week? <laughs> no, I, because, I Oh my gosh. Yeah. I figured that he, would he happen. He went like, like from like 150th in the world to 39th. <laughs> and Phil went from like 500th to like 100th. Yeah, and, that's crazy. And it's Reed, also, went, Reed jumped huge. Yeah, yeah Reed, it's lame. Reed, Reed golfing well too. But yeah, Brooks at 39, if we were doing a draft, and not even just me, people like you on your level of golf, would 38 players go before Brooks? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we were having a draft, I don't think that would happen. Uh, but again, props, exactly. props to those guys. And uh, I, I do want to mention before we move on here, uh, got to give a shout out to, I mean, you always talk about performance of the tournament and what was done. The low amateur that contended, I mean, oh, that was just God. crazy. Sam Bennett, what he was able to do uh, as the low amateur and finishing, you know, what in tied for 16th, but still, I yeah. mean, he shot 68-68 to start. And cool backstory, we know, you know, the stuff with his dad was really cool, passed away, unfortunately, oh, but yeah. honoring him and just not only happy to be here, but playing well and not really fading too much down the stretch. So props to not really. the Texas A&M Aggie for getting it done. The first two days to play with Scotty Scheffler and Max Homa and to beat them, I mean, come on. I mean, then to parlay that into a great weekend. And then, you know, with those delays, and a lot of the PGA Tour guys are used to it, but that really threw off, I'm sure, his rhythm and, yeah. and everything like that. And it is a tough day when you're playing, you know, with the best players in the world with all that pressure on that difficult of a golf course under those conditions. But uh, way to hang tough and finish out his, his fifth year senior year here. And then I know they're going to throw a ton of money at him. And, He's a, you know, one of those faces of golf that the future is bright when there's kids like that that are next to the helm and, and ready to, to take that torch on. And, and like you said, it was a great story, the tattoo on his arm with his yeah. father's last words and stuff like that. Just pretty special. But once again, it just goes to show what what an awesome place that is and what a special week that is for everyone involved. And, and you know, they do such an incredible job because you didn't hear it all week. You know, everyone in the media was, you know, from each side, the PGA Tour and the Live side. I'm just happy to see my friends and be I mean, out yeah, here. And yeah. I'm like, sure there was some pressure or some, I mean, like, notes from the Masters organization and from the, the powers that be there saying, hey, this is our week. Like, You're what, not going to mess it up. What but. did they think? I mean, I guess that's just us on the outside just wanting to see drama. But, like, what did people really think was going to happen? Like, Brooks was going to win the Masters and spray paint the green jacket like LIV? Yeah, I know. Like, I don't, totally. you know, I know it might be some, some feelings hurt and they might not be as close as they were before, but these are professionals. Like that's the, exactly. you know, that's the, that's the word there. Uh, a couple more things on the masters here with Josh Witten yes, recapping 2023 edition. Uh, I got to give also props to what, I mean, would you say it had to be the shot of the tournament? One of the shots we've seen in a long time, but the gala with that Tiger Woods reminiscent oh, shot. Oh, my hey, that's goodness. a rookie too. So that's somebody that was profiled in the next Netflix show, full swing and really is someone that could do a lot of things on the golf course. So that shot and have that moment, 67 on the final day, props to him. Just awesome. And, you know, quick story about him. Last year at the American Express down in La Quinta, um, we followed him. Uh, he just uh, left Pepperdine, and his family was out there and his buddies. And uh, Lindsay and I and our buddies followed him for probably, <laughs> you know, six or seven holes. And he's just such a fun guy, you know, always smiling and happy and just happy to be out there. And um, he's really done well over the last, 
you know, 14 months to, to, to maintain his car, to finish top 50, to qualify for the Masters. Like, it just doesn't happen. And, and very cool to see. And um, when you see a disappointing thing, like our boy Zalatoris would have to withdraw and, and that's, have and surgery just, on yeah, Saturday. That, that's brutal. I mean, not just the withdrawal, <laughs> so brutal. but you know, yes. done for the year. It Gosh. Just, damn, done for the year. It just, but then you have these other guys that, 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 that the torch is going to be passed on and will be back. He's just too good of a player. It's just so devastating mm-hmm. to see someone that young have to have surgery already. And yeah just goes to show these these young tiny kids generate so much torque and power that yeah. it, it just really messes with your back and um, uh, hopefully he can be all right but I know he's one of our favorites and yeah. I, I wanted to make sure we got it in there because it was so sad to see him WD on uh, on Thursday so I want to I want to have the tiger talk right now because it was mm-hmm. unfortunate he makes the cut and uh, it was improbable the way it happened with Justin Thomas <laughs> kind of self destructing but unfortunately yeah. the withdrawal hadn't happened ever really before last year and now it's happened a couple times but did you get a sense that this was going to happen I know he started to, his play started to kind of dip a little bit the weather was bad we know all the injuries and walking around was that something you thought was uh, on the horizon unfortunately. Absolutely. And I, I listened to every word of his press conference on Tuesday and I forgot which reporter it was, but they asked him about it. And he basically admitted it right there, Mitch. He knew the weather was coming. He knew it was going to drop into the fifties. And I think if it, if it's 83 or 85, like that first, like Thursday every day, then, then he is in contention, I believe uh, on the second nine on Sunday, because that's when his body can move. And, you know, that hobbling, I know he said it was the plantar fasciitis, but <laughs> is it the fact that like Jason Day admitted that the screws were coming through his leg last year and that's why he had to withdraw from the well, PGA? That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's brutal. I and can't I get believe it. Jason said that since the other day, but because Tiger wants to keep that stuff under wraps. You know, yeah. he has never disclosed injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. But he is at that point where, you know, if he can get stable and, I mean, shoot, I think Joe LaCava said last week, another couple guys, if he could take a golf cart, he could contend. It's just his, 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 his wheel is so messed up that it takes that much out of him, I think. And I haven't been to Augusta. My dad and everyone who's ever been there has always said it's so much hillier than you can ever imagine. Yeah. So I know when it drops down to the fifties and I mean, it, I get why not, he doesn't, I get, body, I get why he doesn't ask for one too, you know, because I think, I think in his mind, and I think not. fair and I think, you know, rightfully so he views it as more than a golf tournament winning these majors, the test of mental and physical strength. And it's what got him so many that he doesn't want to get the exception. So uh, it's unfortunate. 100%. Yeah, it's unfortunate. He won because, the 08 mm-hmm. U.S. Open on on a broken leg, so he knows he can do it. He's yeah. just now 47, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's harder. But but I I don't think this is not the end of his. I mean, he, he alluded to the fact that this may be his last Masters, but he just kind of has to say that he's got to take motivation. And Freddie making the cut at 63. How about that? I mean, he said, yeah. "How about that?" I mean, he said in his news conference, he's like, three more years," and I, he, he literally said, "I'll take I can take a buggy and be out there with Freddie." <laughs> so you think of champions too already, but that's not where people want to see him. Yeah. People, and, and you got you, you got to think. You think he wants Phil to have the record for lowest round ever for the oldest person and finishing second place at fifty three years old? Mm-hmm. No, like you know, in six years, Tiger <laughs> wants to be there. Let's break He's all Phil's records. That's yeah. the funniest part he, is the fewer that Phil totally has. Totally, yeah. no, he does. Yeah, all the age ones. He wants to win the PGA when he's 53 because Phil won it when he's 51 or whatever. Oh, you gosh. know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. hopefully that, that spurs him on and, and he can catch lightning in a bottle and, and, and do that. 
And if it is, I don't think it's ceremonial. Shoot, he made the cut. JT didn't. A lot of other really, really top players in this world did not. And that's the special thing about Augusta, about golf, about Tiger. Yeah. You know, he can still do it despite limping around and being on one and a half legs. Well, the last thing I have for you on the Masters, and I want your honest opinion. Let's take some biases out of here because we both root for this guy. How, I think I know where you're going with this one, Mitch. Is that how slow was the Cantley Hovland group? Is there a legitimacy to the claims that I know Brooks is vocal and he's going to say whatever he wants, but he wasn't the only one that at least somewhat <laughs> voiced an opinion that this was taking forever. So, what about the pace of play? Where do you stand on this? To take over five hours to play a twosome is outrageous. Um, the Masters is a really unique place. They're not going to enforce it. So, (laughs) you know, I think he wouldn't have gotten away with it at a PGA Tour event more per se. But, um, yeah, the deliberateness of the swing patterns and the uh, the putting and the steps. And, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating to watch. But, you know, these these golfers get in their heads. If you remember – it's probably too long ago for you to remember, but 20 years ago, Sergio had this problem where he regripped his club. I do kind of remember that. Yeah, he's playing a best page black, and those Long Islanders gave him so much crap, Mitch. And they were recounting and like one, two, like every time he was regripping his club, and he would get up like 19, 20, and then he like flicked off the crowd, like gave him the bird, like it was brutal. But then he got better, and yeah. like we've talked about Kevin Na over the years, yeah. really well, slow what was player. The one, the one that I remember, I was in high school at the time was uh, was Ben Crane Sabatini, where Sabatini, yes, actually, Sabatini he actually passed him. That so that's what would happen in normal golf, I would assume. Like if you're playing just on a public course or, or a nice country club, you're just going to pass these guys. You're just going to like, we got to play through. This is ridiculous. Or they might let you, but yeah. at the pro, it is different. I mean, you at the saw, masters, you know, they're not like you said, can enforce it. You saw that highlight where Hovland like literally hit his pitch shot before Pat had crossed the bridge onto the green, which, you know, th- th- this is the masters. They're playing for not even who cares about the 3.6 million. They're playing for their lives in terms of their legacy and their, their future in the game of golf. So for both of them to shoot over par, geez, Louise, Pat could not make a putt. So then he's in his head. Then he's slowing himself down even more. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I know I'm sure he doesn't want to or feel he's that slow, but if he were to rewatch himself, I think he would have to admit yeah. that, yeah, it's pretty obnoxious when you, the group behind you is waiting on every shot. Yeah. They're playing the same course you are. Yeah. I I think, uh, you know, and like we said, we're both fans of his and I think he's, you know, his comments that it was kind of slow for everyone. I think that's about a diplomatic way to say maybe I can play a little (laughs) faster, but uh, no, I mean, I get it. It was, it was just one of those things too. And it was kind of affecting the broadcast, which was even funnier, but masters is good. Uh, It's in the rear view. Now and we got three more majors and uh, I will say I'm kind of warming up to the major every month plan. Now that they moved the PGA up. It's great. I love it. They give some consistency to the season, and I, I think it gives some momentum to the players as well. They can plan their schedules out better and, and, and kind of uh, book it. But, you know, I don't know if you heard Spieth's comments afterwards. He's like, I'm exhausted, man. He's like, I've yeah. played eight out of ten weeks. Yeah. He's like, i got to think about, you know, preparing myself more for this week so I'm more mentally focused. And that's another thing that happens with, with tennis as well. Yeah, These guys does. are traveling the world week to week, never staying in the same place for, you know, consecutive weeks. And it's always go, go, go. And 
that's why they make the big bucks, but it's, it is a grind. Do you have any, uh, I guess, somewhat bold predictions for someone that might win a major, whether it's a first-time champion or a veteran getting back to the winner's circle? And it could just be a broad strokes, any one of the next three. But any, any uh, shot I, you want to call? I do. I, I, I think that uh, Rom gets another one this year. Wow. I absolutely do. And um, it wouldn't surprise me. And haven't didn't, Cam didn't have a great week and, and neither did DJ, but – I'm kind of rooting for a live guy. That's, to, that would have been mine. To, I think a live to, guy's to going to get one. I think they're. I think a live uh, guy think, gets one of the three for sure. And I think they. I think for the for the future of that tour, they need it. They need. I mean, th- th- this week was great to have three guys in the top five. But it's the Masters. They're always going to say, "Well, it's the Masters." Phil and Patrick are, like are so comfortable there. But you know, like you just said, Mitch, it would be great for the game of golf for the for the future of both tours. And you know, good things have come for the PGA Tour because of what happened with Liv. They have to admit that by now, and and I think you know at a certain point they're going to get beyond this, and mm-hmm. you know that what needs to happen is basically it's, it, it all kind of stems of Reed. Reed sued the tour, so that's what <laughs> a lot everybody. of this stuff. Yeah, I know. So that's what if I think if that that lawsuit went away, they could be more amicable. But we'll we'll see. It'll be fun to see. You know, is the PGA really going to let these guys play? They have never they haven't announced it yet. So, so former champions, champions get in. Yeah, for sure, but everybody else maybe not. Okay. Mm. Yeah, who knows? Mm. Who knows? Wow. So remains to be seen, but I'm excited for the rest of the golf season. We got our a nice little start. Me too. I'm glad you popped. You need to you need to get your new clubs. Then, then you're really gonna we'll, be. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after. But okay. uh, <laughs> gotta gotta recap UFC last week. I know we both watched the card and uh, got a couple of uh, interesting developments there, led by uh, the style bender Izzy Adesanya getting his title back from Alex Pereira and one of the better finishes and. You know, I had to rewatch it to kind of understand what I saw from the exciting, from a yeah. place of vulnerability, where he's able to just eat those shots and then regroup. But he kind of did catch Pereira coming in with his hands down, and I wonder if it was, it's why I need the trilogy, Pereira just didn't think that he could be got from that position, and he was. I know. A testament to Adesanya as a fighter, how cerebral he is. Uh, I don't know where I'm at with him mocking a, a child, but... Either way, no, I, think I don't was, like those antics. You but. know, I I, uh, I I think Izzy's a good guy, and I think that it's good that as an all-time great fighter, he got his belt back. We'll see what happens, but that was a phenomenal close to the show, and uh, the middleweight <laughs> champ gets his title back. It really was. It uh, yeah, bring on the trilogy. I mean, they need to book that that sooner well, rather than later. See, and and I don't know that it happens right away for the sense that you know one being Adi Asanya said he's got some other things that he's looking at, but. But the thing, too, is Pereira is probably cutting more weight than anyone in the UFC. So when you hear Dana yeah. White say he might and probably will be going up to 205, he's going to be a problem at 205, like a title contender there, too. So that is one where, you know, I want it. We want that instant gratification, but uh, I could wait a little bit and, you know, kind of see. I think I think that fight's going to be there. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I think so, too. And, you know, maybe they hold it off for UFC 300 or something. But, um, but uh that was a pretty remarkable knockout. You said he was really cerebral, but it didn't look like he was in any, any position to throw those two punches, and it was bam, bam, over. Yeah, I mean, it was it was so quick, and the, the, the athleticism for both those guys is just off the charge. You know, two older fighters, the fight before that, which was still great to see, and then battling it out for three rounds yeah. um, uh, and the slugfest. But, you know, those guys... <laughs> The title value, the title fight was was pretty awesome to see, and the sport is in incredible hands with so many good champions and so many different weight classes. 
Yeah, it really is. You know, and we know the, the fight before it was the end of game bread. Masvidal retires with the loss. You know, he did really change his life with that flying knee and, and made a lot of money in the sport. But we know it keeps moving. And, you know, he was 38 and it was, you know, a yeah. younger person's game. Even though Burns isn't a young chicken himself, but he's still got a lot left. And that title picture looks like it could be Colby and Leon coming up. Burns is right there. It's funny because yep. both divisions, you have Chimaev. You don't know which way he's going to go, if he can even make weight. I know. <laughs> so. Flip a, flip a coin. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty remarkable. And uh, like you said, it's in good hands. And, and the future is bright because there are so many different athletes out there that, that, that can – that could take the crown yeah the, the future's in good hands a lot of changing forces but john jones is still the goat it's funny how Ooh, we're just still at that position uh crazy crazy it, stuff hey uh before great. before i let you go uh quick hitters on what else is going on where are we at with uh you know your confidence in the lakers as they play this playing game tonight tonight i'm not worried about it. i mean the math i'm sorry yeah, the wolves the are kind of reeling punching things, holy moly go bears out bunch of breaking hands and and just crumbling down the stretch. They're also apparently not the best road team. LeBron thinks that now he's back, he's going to do it. But, you know, they, they do have, I think, the best or second best record in the league since the All-Star break. Um, I was here in Dallas at that game, that 27-point comeback that kind of shot the Mavs out of contention that day and ruined their season and catapulted the Lakers on. They... They finished, I think, eighteen and nine down the stretch, and and I, I think they're ready. I mean, any one of those, I think, lower seeds in the in the West can win. Yeah, the the, the Western Conference. My kind of up in the air. My concern <laughs> with the Lakers would be the same concern I could have with you know insert team Clippers, Suns, even. We haven't, and maybe this is just the NBA. We haven't seen these guys have to play every game, so I don't know. Especially with the Lakers being an older team, like what's going to happen when they have to play. I know there's still a spaced out schedule, but there isn't the rest days added in. So I think it's a fair concern for right, some of the Mitch. older teams. That's one of those things about, you know, th- this load management and this and that. I remember back 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, they, teams didn't want to do that because they didn't think they could just flip the switch. No. So you want to be going in, having um, a cohesive unit and ready and, you know, knowing your rotations and those kind of things. So <laughs> hopefully as a, as a Southern California sports fan, I, I hope the Lakers win tonight, and move on. Um, it would be pretty embarrassing with all the moves they've made and all the all the three all stars they have on their team. If they, even if they go into the losers bracket here, yeah. So, I, forget, um, I forget what year it was, and I might be butchering the quote, but you know, one of your one of your guys growing up, even though he was on a rival team, but. They were talking to Larry Bird about his 1984 year when he said he played <laughs> 79 games, all these minutes, and he just didn't even bow eyelash. He's like, they pay me to play 82. So, Exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things I always loved about Kobe. Like Kobe didn't want to sit. Yeah. He didn't believe in load management. Yeah. He was always out of the mantra that, you know, if, I'm, well, it's not, if it's not Madison Square Garden, but if you're in Charlotte for the night, there's some kid that came mm-hmm. out that wants to watch you mm-hmm. play. Like, honor yeah. that. Yeah, I thought Richard um, you Jefferson know, I, gave a great take on that about going to see David Robinson when he was a fan as yeah. a kid and how he would have been devastated if he didn't play. Uh, we'll see. Absolutely. Mad- hey, Madison Square Garden, Cavs Knicks first round should be uh, should be exciting there too. So we'll Good see. Good luck to, to your Cavs. Hey, I'm excited for that. And we also got the hockey playoffs coming up. The Kings will be back in it. We'll be back in the mix. I'm hoping that the Oilers can get the division, so that's not a rematch of the first round because they look unstoppable right now. But the Kings are kind of building something too, so it's not all doom and gloom all right. out here. 
<laughs> it's always good to see. Always yeah. good to see. Got three LA, you know, crypto's going to be busy with all three teams playing, at least in the first round, we think. I mean, so you got mm-hmm. the Lakers, but, you know, Kings hockey's been doing pretty good. And then, of course, we got baseball season as well, uh, which is the do or die year, <laughs> as you know, for the Otani contract. When you hear Jeff Fasson say huge. that he's gone for sure if they miss the playoffs, that's some pressure that hasn't been felt in a, in a few years. Well, they're also a decent start. Um, you know, you never want to root for an injury, but with uh, Houston being banged up a little bit, if we, if we can keep some momentum for the first couple of months here, it's going to make for a long, you know, the summer is always a long slog. So uh, let's hope we can play well. I mean, wish we had that youth that, that your tribe has, or excuse me, your guardian no, has. That's right. But, you know, because they were the youngest team in baseball last year, had a really good run, and, and hopefully they can uh, they can maintain that and build off that with what I think is the best manager in the game. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's somebody that I'm not going to ever debate you on, but I, I do believe that youth plays a part in this. It's just such a long season. You just don't want to have that dip like we know, and I feel like the Angels in the past have kind of had that problem. Like, I don't know that they've necessarily started – just awful, but you got to just maintain, you got to avoid injuries and you got to just, you know, peak at the right time, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's an exciting time in the sports calendar year. Cause you got fights, you got golf heating up. We're going to have, and I didn't even mention this horse racing coming up, got the triple yes. crown coming. So hard to beat. Now I know we're missing football, but the draft will get us through what we need. Yeah. And, and, uh, even as much as we both love the sport of football, it, it is good to, to mix it up. And you haven't even talked about your biggest love and uh um and uh the round yellow ball that's uh, yeah. moving over to the to the red clay in southern europe right now yeah clay court tennis always interesting too it's the time of year it's, it's the sport that gets your whole day you know filled sports wise like you wake up tennis is on and <laughs> yeah. you got the playoff sports and the other things at night so we'll have to see how it all shakes out but josh win pleasure as always talking with you about the masters and everything else we'll have to check in later in the summer about the golf the do's and don'ts and we'll uh, we'll see where our predictions are but i feel pretty good about Ron and the guy getting it but thanks for thanks i for think coming so on. too cheers mitch have a good one take care appreciate it that was josh Witten on the money mitch effect we're on all your podcast platforms soundcloud apple Podcasts, as well as google check us out there and follow me on twitter at money mitch m21 and check out the money mitch effect facebook page for some exclusive content there for josh Witten, i'm mitch michaels this was the money mitch effect thank you for listening we'll see you next week and keep enjoying sports.